front of your bulletin. We are beginning a new series of messages called Lie to Me. And uh, you'll, there's a really good-looking guy in the corner of that bulletin. I don't know who it is. He looks familiar. But uh, uh, anyway, we are beginning a new series of messages on lying. Now, whenever, uh, there's a few years ago, whenever our kids were little, there was a character, a children's character that was really popular, Barney. Y'all remember Barney? The big purple dinosaur. And I absolutely never liked Barney a whole lot. And I think really for me, the biggest thing, remember the song that he always sang? Y'all remember that one? How's it go? Yeah, I love you. Yeah, it just kind of drove me crazy. And it was really popular, and it was, he had his own TV show called Barney and Friends. I'm sure that many of y'all watched that. And uh, on Barney and Friends, there's this one time when he was on an episode. He's wearing his costume. It's a 60-pound costume. They actually had a fan on the inside in order to keep him cooled off. But that fan like, short-circuited and, uh, on one of the shows, and it ended up filling up with smoke. And so Barney is, you know, the kids are all sitting there in the crowd, and he's yanking his, he's yanking his head off, and it, it comes off, and it smoke's pouring out. They had to take him to the hospital for smoke inhalation. And as you can imagine, the kids were absolutely mortified. Now, what's interesting is they were really upset, not because this guy had gotten smoke inhalation, but because they were stunned that there was a man inside of Barney. And so they thought he was a real dinosaur, and they're just, their hopes and dreams were crushed on that day. Now, as I read that story, I thought, man, that is exactly what, what a lie is like. Um, a lie dresses itself up to be something that it's really not. And so there's just something else completely on the inside, totally different on the inside. And so whenever we discover that, many times we end up being disappointed. And so that's why we're, we're beginning a series of messages uh, called, uh, called Lie to Me. And we're looking today at the anatomy of a lie. Because I really believe that one of Satan's greatest weapons that he uses against people is he just sells us lie after lie in life. And so many of us buy into the lies of Satan, ignoring the truth of God. And we end up with so much less in life when God wants us to enjoy full fellowship with Him. Now, lying's been around for a long time. Uh, the only thing you have to do is you know, open your Bible to like, just like the very beginning. And in the very beginning of Scripture, of course, God created Adam and Eve, and God said, this whole place is yours. You can do anything that you want except for one thing, just don't eat from this tree. And then Satan comes along, and he lies to him. And he tells him a lie that still tells us today. And that is... God's trying to keep something good from you. God's afraid you're going to become like Him if you take of this fruit. And so Adam and Eve bought into the lie. They, bit, they literally bit into the lie. And we've been paying some massive consequences to this day because of that very first sin. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at our passage of Scripture and take a look at the birth of lying and just ask some basic questions about lies. So that my, my hope for you and for me is that instead of us buying into lies, that we'll understand where lies come from, what they're all about, so that we will hang on to the truth and the promises that God gives us in Scripture. And so we're, we're going to look at one verse today. Uh, John chapter 8, verse number 44. If you'd like to, you can take your Bible and you can turn there. So we'll look in that one verse. And as you are looking there, there's a really interesting uh, kind of background that's going on in this one verse. 
the religious leaders of the day had been watching Jesus teach. And in, in chapter 8, it says that the religious leaders confronted Jesus. And they basically told Jesus, we don't believe anything that you're saying. We think that you're a liar. Uh, this is what they said to Jesus in, in uh, verse number 13. They said, you're testifying about yourself, but your testimony is not valid. I said, Jesus, you're not true. Now, Jesus knew that they were binding the lies. And so Jesus wanted them to find truth. And this is what Jesus said to them in verse 31. He said, if you'll just continue in my word, he said, you'll be my disciples and you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. You know how the religious leaders respond to that? They, they said, we don't need you. So we're related to Abraham, you know, the father of all Hebrews. We don't need you for anything. And so they, they just simply rejected Jesus. And what had happened is they, they bought into a lie. And because they bought into that lie, they couldn't even recognize when the truth of God was right in front of their face. And man, I've, I've seen this happen over and over again. I've seen people so blinded by lies that they are just absolutely oblivious to what those lies are doing to them. They're oblivious to the truth that God wants them to know. So in light of that, what I want us to just very briefly do is just ask a few questions about lies. And the very first question I have about lies is, why are we intrigued by them? You know, why are we intrigued by lies? Why is it something that we're so tempted to do? And I think we can get part of the answer in verse number 44. And remember, this is Jesus talking to the religious leaders of the day. Jesus said, you, of, you are of your father, the devil. This is not, you know, again, not a Del Carnegie approach here. You know, you're of your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has not stood in the truth because there's no truth in him. And when he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of all liars. That's a pretty strong statement there. And what I gather from this is I, I really believe that one of the reasons why we are so intrigued by lies is because we are very intrigued with ourselves. I mean, we're going to do whatever we can, just in general, it's our nature to anyway, to take care of number one in life. Now, do you all know who number one in life is? Just, you know, if we're going to be real honest, it's, it's you. You know, number one in life for me, just in my nature, is me. I want to do whatever I can in order to look out for myself. And if there's something that threatens me, if there's something that can kind of put me on a bad path, I'm going to, I, am, I'm a, I am a guy who is, I'm a survivor. I'm going to do whatever I can to preserve myself. And many times that means that I am tempted to buy into, to hang on to lies so that I can make sure that I'm still going to come out being number one. And for so many of us, we are, we are tempted to buy into lies because oftentimes they're the quickest, quickest, easiest, cheapest ways to get out of a jam without having to tell the truth. Because very few of us like the consequences that come with truth. Whenever I was in uh, third grade, I remember I had a very rigorous spelling test, as you can imagine. And so I studied for it. I was in Miss Stotler's class. I'll never forget Miss Stotler. I sat on the front row. I hadn't studied for the test. The girl next to me is writing down the spelling 
uh, the, the answers for all the spelling words, and I haven't got a clue on a couple of them, so what do I do? I look at her paper. And so I just began to look over, and I was like, okay, so I just, I'm copying her. Uh, my teacher is right in front of me. Now, uh, it didn't take long before she stood up and walked over to me, took my paper up, put a zero on it, and then told me after class, your parents are going to have to sign this paper, and you have to tell them that you've been cheating. Now, because my nature is to take care of myself, and I knew if I told my parents, I'm going to get in more trouble. I mean, who wants to do that? And so I, there's a place for my, my parents to sign. So I decided I was going to forge my mother's signature. And being in third grade, cursive's not real good. And so uh, I decided that I was going to print mother's name. And so I signed my mom's name uh, on my paper and just said Linda Estep in block letters. Now my teacher was not fooled. I don't know how. She was a genius. And so she saw my paper and she called my parents and told them that I had forged my mom's name. I got in more trouble had I just simply gone to my parents in the first place. Now here's the question, why would I do something so stupid? Because I'm selfish. Because it's in my nature to want to take care of myself, to protect myself at all costs. And that means that I'm so selfish that I'm very tempted to buy into a lie. I believe we're very intrigued by lying because we're, we're prone to respond to, to anything that's going to give us attention. You know, we, we all like it whenever we say things to people and they're impressed with what we say and sometimes we can kind of make some stuff up and, and people hear what we're saying and we make stories bigger than they actually were and people get impressed by that and it's very appealing to our nature. But there's a problem with that. Once you tell a lie... To protect that lie, have you ever noticed that what happens next is you got to tell more lies? And you start telling more and more lies, and you finally get entangled in this web of lies, and it's just, it's just very difficult to continue on in life that way. And I really believe that's what Jesus was talking about when he said, the truth shall set you free. Now, the Pharisees had the Son of God before them, but they rejected him. Because they were selfish. Now the Pharisees were the religious leaders of the day. Now Rome was in charge of the country. But the Pharisees were in charge of the religious life. They were in charge of the temple. And you have to understand that this society was very religious. And if you weren't a part of the worship community, the temple, I mean you were blackballed. You couldn't be a part of anything in society. You were a loner. And so the, the one group of people that you really wanted to please, you wanted, you wanted to be in the good graces of the religious leaders of the day so that you could take part in society. Now the religious leaders were afraid to submit themselves to the leadership of Jesus for a very simple reason. They thought it meant that they would lose their place. They thought it meant that they would lose their power. And so what did they do? They bought into a lie and rejected the truth of Jesus. They traded in their future for the conveniences and the pleasures of life right now, forfeiting their future. That's crazy. But you know, we, we do it all the time. We reject truth all the time. When I say we, I'm speaking universal, don't, so don't get nervous. But we reject truth all the time 
so that we can enjoy the conveniences of life now. Let me give you a quick example, just in the news recently, in the last month. Uh, I guess it was a little over a month ago, Jason Collins from the Washington Wizards came out that he was gay. It's all over the news. It was groundbreaking news for some reason. I mean, everybody's just promoting that, talking about what a, what a great step it was for him to do this. It was really interesting to me that one of the ESPN commentators, Chris Broussard, was asked his opinion because he's known to be a Christian. And they said, well, they asked him this on ESPN. They said, what, what do you think about this? He said, well, as a Christian, hey, let me tell you what the Bible says. Well, that was mistake number one. Said, what the Bible says, the Bible says it's a sin. Now, that's all that they talked about. He went a step further, and he said, you know, and he goes, that's not just true for homosexuality. He said, if you're a heterosexual and you're promiscuous, he said, that's a sin. And he said, and you can't claim to be a follower of God if you're, if you're practicing these things, because Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them. And you know how the media responded to that? Y'all remember? They ate his lunch. They talked about how you know, what, you know, he, he was a, a right-wing fundamentalist whack job. They said that he was a homophobe. Now, was he telling the truth according to what Scripture says? Absolutely. But you know what? We want to, anytime something, the tr anytime truth steps on our toes, y'all, you know, this is me too. When truth steps on my toes, my natural tendency is to reject that truth, push it off. To do whatever I can to protect myself so that I can live however I choose. But what I'm discovering is whenever I live however I choose, man, it does not satisfy. Now, if, if you tell the truth, if you're going to live my truth, will that sometimes push you to the edge of, edges of society? Man, it will. It will. You know, it's, it's really, it's just so interesting to me. We, we talk about, everybody likes Jesus, Right? He's a good guy. You know, he said a lot of good things. But he spoke truth. You know, what did the truth get Jesus? Remember where he ended up? On a cross. Now, sometimes truth will push you to the edges of society. That's why we, we, we buy into lies, because it appeals to us, as if we think life revolves around us. Now, what are some questions about lies? Well, why, well first of all, why are we so intrigued by them? Because we're selfish. Why, why are we so intrigued by lies? Why is that? Why, what, what, what's going on here? Here's another question I have for you. What is the source of lies? What, what, what does lying come from? And the answer is in verse number 44 again. It says, you are, you are of your father the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has not stood in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he tells a lie... He speaks from his own nature because he's a liar and the father of liars. Now, who is the, who is the father of lying according to Jesus? Who? That's yeah, the devil. The devil is the father of lies. And what does that mean? That word father means he is the originator. He's the one who started lying. He's the father. Now, if he's a father, that means he has children. That means he has those who reject the truth of God's word and they follow after the lies of Satan. Now, what's our job concerning Satan's children? It's not to allow them to have sway over us. Now, for those of you who are parents, you know exactly what this means. I mean, we all know kids uh, that are, you know, that our kids maybe have been around before and they don't have maybe the same values our kids have. They don't follow after the same things that we've taught them. And, and we tell our kids, listen, you, you hang around them, 
they're going to rub off on you. Right? We know this. The Bible says the same thing. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good morals. Y'all heard that one before? Bad company, it corrupts good morals. It is so much easier for me. When I'm around a group of people that are doing things that, they, that I shouldn't be doing, it is, it's just really interesting to me how I just sort of slide right down to where they are. Now, when I'm around people who are good, godly people, I tend to bring my level up. You know, bad company corrupts good morals. Good company blesses your morals. Let me try to give you an example. It, it is a part of nature to corrode things. Have you noticed that the older you get, that you, don't get in, that you just don't get in better shape? That you, your body doesn't get better and better? Now, I know some of you are doing CrossFit. You know, I look at some of you guys. hope you fall apart. No, I'm telling you, you know, just, just naturally, naturally your body is decaying. And I hate to break the news to you. But that's just the way it is. I mean, you live, it's not like you, you live and then you live more. I mean, you live and you die. You decay naturally. Um, I, I went on a fishing trip a few weeks ago and we caught a bunch of fish. And so I cleaned the fish, cooked them. And I like fish, so we enjoyed eat, I enjoyed eating them. And, but I, I'd left a few fish for the next couple of days. I put, so I put them in a bag, you put them in the refrigerator, said the uh, next day or two I'll cook them and I'll eat the rest of them. Forgot about the fish. So I left in the refrigerator, um, and, which was great, wasn't it, Emily? And uh, so after like, you know, like 10, 12 days, uh, my wife reminds me, oh, gosh. So I grabbed the fish. I wonder if they're still good. You know, open up the bag. It was like I got hit in the face with a bat, you know? Fish are wonderful. And uh, what had happened is that, I mean, the fr- it was kind of cool, the refrigerator, but it's not cool enough. And so this is the natural process takes over. Fish begin to decay. And... Uh, and so we ate them anyway. No, I'm kidding. We did not eat them. We threw those things away. They were awful. And that, but that's what happens. Now, if I would have put them in the freezer, and the freezer would have arrested the decay of the fish. It would have slowed it down. Right? I mean, that's what they're supposed to do. Now, guys, in a similar sense, if we are not arrested by the grace and the mercy of God, you know what happens to us? We decay. Sin takes root and will destroy us. And that's what Satan is looking to do in your life and mine. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Now, if you're not arrested by the grace and the truth of Jesus, Satan is going to eat you up. And he's going to get you to buy into lies that are absolutely devastating and they lead to death they destroy you I mean you know we what does Satan call first thing he calls for us to live for self man that's very appealing to my nature it's very appealing to me to look out for me because it's me you know but what I discover is whenever I'm self-centered in my living and I look around at the way other people look at me and how I'm how I treat other people I am naturally this was gonna surprise you I am naturally a jerk when I am self-centered when I'm focused on me, it's so appealing to me, but man, it doesn't play very well. It doesn't work out very well. See, that what the devil's doing, the devil wants us to sow seeds that satisfy us right this second, but they don't produce a crop whatsoever in the future. And so you can sow your life for instant gratification, but when it comes to the future, you're not going to reap diddly. That's why God says you want to sow in Him, sow in Jesus, because He offers you hope and joy and abundance, not just now, the future. 
Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So the first question about lying is why are we intrigued by lies? We're selfish. Where do lies come from? Come from the devil. You know, little white lies, it's from the devil. What's the final question about lying? Here it is. What's the danger of believing lies? What's the problem with it? Verse number 44 again, you're of your father the devil, you want to carry out your father's desires. That's not good. He was a murderer from the beginning. He's not stood in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of liars. Our culture tries to tell us that truth is relative. You know, it, it, what may be truth for you doesn't necessarily mean that it's truth for me. And I think part of the reason why we do this is because we live in a very diverse, diverse society now. We have people from all over the world who come with different viewpoints, different belief systems, different religions, and we don't want to offend people. And so what we say is we say, well, you know, you know what's, what's, the fact of the matter is that it, it, we're all going the same place anyway. You know, it doesn't really matter what we believe. And that, that sounds good, but there's a problem with it. And the problem is there's, there's something called truth. Truth is real. And there is such a thing as absolute truth. And I'm not talking about opinions. I mean, you might have different opinions. We all have opinions. I'm talking about truth. What is your life anchored into? Because if your life is anchored into opinions and being, you know, saying that, well, it's all relative. Let me tell you something. When storms of life come your way, you're going to get crushed. Because your foundation is not solid. So you want to be anchored in to that which is true. Well, what is, what is true? We'll talk about that in just a second. Many of us, though, we buy into lies and anchor our lives into lies. And man, it is devastating when that happens. Let me try to give you a real simple example. Ever once, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I, we used to watch American Idol. And it's always, it was just always amazing to me. I'd sit there and I'd watch American Idol, and I would see, see these guys singing on there. And, you know, they'd, they'd, they'd talk to you. They'd talk to the judges, say, I used to be in the band. I used to be in our church choir. My minister of music said I had a great voice. And then they'd, some of them looked the part. I mean, they look like rock stars. They look good, and they get up there, and they start singing, and it's like somebody's choking a cat. <laughs> like, what in the world? This guy is awful. And you have to, I mean, do y'all ever sit there and watch that and think, how, why in the world is that person singing on worldwide television? The only thing they're doing is humiliating themselves. And I really, here's what I believe. I believe we are prone to believe in anything that appeals to our ego. You tell me I can sing. If I get enough people tell me I can sing it, man, I, because I'm an ego guy, I'm going to start singing. Because yeah, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe that I'm good. But that's what happens when you believe and build your life on a lie until it's put to the test. And then when it's put to the test, man, you're going to be found wanting. <laughs> you're going to be found left. You're not going to get the yellow ticket to Hollywood. You're going to be left in the dark. So, so how do we keep from buying into lies? Here it is. Immerse yourself in truth. Not lies, truth. Now, what's truth? God's Word. We want to immerse ourselves in what Scripture 
says. You may say, why do, why do you say that? Well, let's listen to what the Bible says. Second, Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If you desire to know how to live, look in this book. Now, you... I can, just, I can tell you that the God's Word's truth, but it's not going to mean anything to you until you actually read it. Now, I'm not saying that I understand everything in Scripture. I don't. There's a lot of stuff in here, and I go, I don't know where that came from. You know, I don't know how that happened, but there's a lot of stuff in Scripture that I do understand. And God says if, if God's Word is going to apply to your life, and it's going to make a difference in your life. Jesus said in John uh, 14, 15, He said, If you love me, He said, You will obey my commandments. Now, now, what are some of the things that God tells us? What are some things that, that Scripture teaches us? And it teaches us a lot of things. I can share a few of them with you. How are we supposed to interact with people? The Bible says we're supposed to love people. We're to be loving to others. Okay, that's one thing. Okay, well, then what else does the Bible have to say? You know, what, what does the Bible have to say about premarital sex? Is that okay? I know what the world says, but what the Bible says is the marriage bed is holy. It's to be undefiled. It's only to be between a husband and a wife. What does the Bible say about, about homosexuality? It says it's a perversion. It's, it's not right. Now, what, is the, what does the Bible have to say about how to experience forgiveness? It says we're to confess our sins to God, turn away from our sins, and God will remove our sins as far as the east is from the west. He'll provide forgiveness. What, what does the Bible have to say about how to go to heaven? What's the pathway to heaven? The Bible tells us in Acts 4.12, there's no other name under heaven by which man must be saved, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. That's quite a list. That's just a few things. The Bible speaks to life. The question is, will we buy into the truth of God's Word, or will we buy into lies? Because if you're going to find freedom, if you're going to find wholeness and joy, it will be found in the truth of our God. What's your foundation? Is it truth or is it a lie? Truth comes from God. Lies comes from Satan. He is the father of lies. There is no truth in him. I don't believe him. 